Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And you can go online right now to sunburymotors.com and you can do your shopping there if you wish. You'll see a great line of brand new Fords. A great line of brand new Lincolns, a great line of brand new Kias, a great line of brand new Hyundais, and also tremendous pre-owned inventory, all at sunburymotors.com. We've had a lot of requests uh, online here from several different people hoping that the governor is, is on again today. Um, I, I feel like I'm disappointing the audience by saying no. Yes, there. Are, I can actually confirm with the Department of Health. They told me there is no briefing at all today. I, I mean, I hate to disappoint the audience this way. <laughs> so, I part of me wants to apologize. I mean, We've we've taken a long look at the streaming numbers. Oh, the spike is unbelievable. Stop laughing. Just play along. <laughs> Just play along, will you? Come on. He even acknowledged that the governor wants more ratings. Can you blame him? We'll take part of the Steve Jones show. I think we can win. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, get to a couple things today. Dave Shaheen's going to join us today. Tomorrow we're going to have uh, Matt gets uh, all the credit in the world uh, setting this one up. Uh, I mean, I've been pushing hard to get it, obviously, and that is J.J. Cooper of Baseball America on the show. Uh, that is tomorrow at 3.35. Uh, Dave Shaheen's on today. And Pat Fryermuth today. He says he wants to be the best tight end in the country. Uh, with all due respect, from the seat I sit in, I think he already is the best tight end in the country. Now, committed to being even better. Wow. Looking forward to that. Hey, Dave Kondo, thank you so much. Dave Kondo gave us a like on Facebook. Dave, we appreciate you very much and for doing that. Uh, Also, uh, the Big Ten Sportsmanship Award winners, uh, Penn State student-athletes Kaylee uh, Simeon from Lady Lion Basketball and Wrestling's Nick Lee. among the 28 honorees for Big Ten Outstanding Sportsmanship. Uh, Lee, who was to be the number two seed in the NCAA championship before the event was canceled, 
has been a leader both on and off the mat. Leads by example, cited by the Lion coaching staff as one of Penn State's most disciplined wrestlers, three-time National Wrestling Coaches Association and National All-Academic Honoree and two-time Academic All-Big Ten pick. Simeon began her career as a club basketball player and team manager and then earned a spot on the Lady Lion basketball team in 17-18. Impacted the Lady Lions both on and off the court. Crucial spark off the bench. She was a member of the Penn State Athletic Director's Leadership Veterans Program, heavily involved in all Lady Lion community service activities. Out of Dunmore, right near Scranton, Three-time academic All-Big Ten selection. She's already graduated. She got her degree uh, three weeks ago with a master's degree in management and organizational leadership. She received her bachelor's in August of uh, last year in kinesiology. Hmm. Management and organizational leadership. Now, why, why don't you and I contemplate that on a local level for a moment? Everything's a shot. <laughs> that way, when he goes back and listens to the stream, he feels like he was a part of the show. <laughs> so, congratulations to uh, Kaylee and to Nick for being recognized Big Ten Sportsmanship Award winners. Uh, let's get to. Um, I want to get football first, then baseball. Then we'll have Dave Shaheen coming up at 3.35. <laughs> so I want to go football first because I think this is the easiest one to talk about first. <laughs> okay. They, uh, they, they turned down the idea of doing a fourth and 15 play from the 25-yard line. Yep. Instead of an onside kick, ah. I wish they put it in. I yeah, that one I don't would. get either. I wish college football would put it in. Here's the reason why. Reason why is simple. I think it's an exciting play, as opposed to an onside kick. Totally agree. Uh, the way the rules look, an onside kick is is, you know, you're, if you're talking about legislating dangerous plays out of the game. The onside kick. You know, you've got guys steamrolling in as blockers to set up bigger people to get the ball on a bounce and it's just chaos. Now, is is it dramatic? Yes, because you're trying to see who came up with the ball. There's no question about that. And contrary to what you've seen with a couple of Penn State games in the last couple of years, it actually is rare when the team recovers the ball. All right, rare. In the NFL, I mean, with the rules now as to how many people you can have on each side of the ball, you can't just stack up a whole bunch of people on one side and then go for it and turn it into a scrum. The fourth and 15 play, I think the fans would jump on that right away. I think the fans would jump on that right away. And I think they'd love it. I loved it during the Pro Bowl. Yeah. 
I agree with you. And I, you know, I just think it's it's if you want if the goal is to make the game a little more exciting, I think that just makes the game more exciting. I would like to see college football do it. Get it in there. Oh, and by the way, maybe you find out that you've got some people like, hey, I'm going to do it now. It's the second quarter. Yeah, there's a risk. But I'd rather see that than the onside kick. Just me. Now baseball. Let's start with this. Um, Do I believe that there will be an agreement eventually? Yes. I think that both sides realize that in today, in that the business climate in three months has changed so dramatically in this country that if they don't play this summer, they will do not irreparable, but great harm to the business of baseball, which will affect not just teams, but it will then affect the players because of the salaries. You only have 21 of the 30 owners that were, excuse me, you only have 9 of the 30 owners, only 9 of the 30, owned teams in 1994 when the season was shut down. And thus, those nine realize it was a long, hard slog back, trying to win the fans back. Still haven't completely done it. The Dodgers in 1994 had a season ticket base of 32,000. You know what the Dodgers season ticket base was in 2019? After the Dodgers had gone to back-to-back World Series, 8,000. And that is, in a nutshell, what they're facing. Oh, we're healthier than ever. Uh, Not really. Now, what the players have proposed... Now, now let, I want people to understand. You've heard the 50-50 proposal, Matt? Yes. I want, to, I want to point out that was only one of those floated ideas that was never presented. Okay, The 50-50 split was floated publicly to, get a, to see what the reaction would be. It was never presented. So let's take that off the table. Now, the sliding scale was presented. Now, I... Now, from the owner's point of view, the sliding scale in some ways is playing out in some businesses across the country. You see like upper management taking pay cuts. That way the lower salary employees either won't have to or won't get laid off. You know, that's how they're framing it. But that doesn't, you know, but it also creates the are you trying to drive a wedge between the higher salary guys and the lower salary guys? It's, it's creating that. The players evidently are proposing 
that instead of playing 82 games, to play 100 and prorate everything from there. That's what they're proposing. They're proposing to play play 100 games, not 82, with the idea that everybody would get more money out of this. And that's what they're hoping. Now, the question will be whether the owners go for this, but that's what they want, 18 more games, 100 games as opposed to 82. Pro-rate salaries with that. Okay. No word on how the owners have reacted to that. They have to realize that you know the bottom line is they have to realize that they are you don't want to do irreparable harm to the game. You're already going to do some by the minor league proposal. The minor league proposal will do some harm to the game. When you're removing franchises from 40 grassroots communities, when baseball needs grassroots support more than ever, that's why I think this is a penny-wise, pound-foolish move by Major League Baseball, but it evidently is a move that is going to happen. So you're already going to have harm and a bad image doing that. You're not removing baseball from a half dozen communities. You're removing it from 40. Not good. And not playing at all is going to affect the players. I mean, the players have to realize. And I'm not saying the players are being unreasonable here. Please, I'm not saying that. But everybody, owners and players, have to realize that you could do harm to 21, 22, 23, 24, and 25 by what you do now. You're just trying to somehow save your sport and do it in such a way. I mean, baseball's not going away, but I mean save it in terms of getting yourself back to the best economic model possible. That's what I'm talking about saving. By doing something now. You've heard June 1st is the deadline. I think they can take this thing all the way up to June 12th, June 13th, if they want to start the 4th of July weekend. I think they can take it up that far. Do I think that they will somehow find some agreement? Yes. Is it it frustrating to anybody on the outside looking in that they don't have an agreement and there appears to be the usual acrimony? Yeah. Meanwhile, the Premier League's coming back. June 17th, Italian Serie A is coming back. June 20th, but for the first time ever, the Boston Marathon has been officially canceled. They're going to have a virtual event. And you have to be able to verify you ran 26.2 miles to receive a finisher's medal. 
let's in fact you know what let's do everything virtually so they'll bring it back next April usually the field includes 30,000 people they have a few dozen elite athletes obviously and 30,000 recreational and charity runners now the largest number they ever had to run from Hopkinton to the back bay was a million they say when you have that many runners there's a social distancing problem that won't be solved by the fall see I can tell you right now that the distance between first place and where I would finish in last place (laughs) would be social distance for months (laughs) save here Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show is brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And, of course, you can always go online to sunburymotors.com. And when you go there, this is what you'll see. Beautiful brand-new Fords. Beautiful brand-new Lincolns. Beautiful brand-new Kias. Beautiful brand-new Hyundais. And great pre-owned inventory. A wide selection. You can go online. Check it out. Select something you like. And then you can get the process started from the comfort of your own living room. All right, that's all at sunburymotors.com. All right, let's talk baseball now. Dave Shaheen joins us from the Washington Post. Dave, first of all, we hope you and yours continue to remain safe and sound. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, everybody's good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, Dave, there's some days where I feel like Major League Baseball could follow up a one-man parade. Uh, (laughs) So where are we right now? And uh, what kind of, after what Max Scherzer said last night, do they seem like they're just I don't know if they could be further apart but are they? Well, it, you know, it, it looks kind of bleak, um, but I will say that ha- having been through some of these in the past, I can tell you that, you know, it always looks bleak until it doesn't, so I'm not ready to close the book on this, but, you know, at this point, the, the players are seem pretty well entrenched in their position of not accepting further cuts to their salaries uh, beyond what they agreed to in March, which was essentially prorated uh, salaries based on the number of games played. MLB wants them to take further pay cuts to reflect the loss of revenues uh, because games are going to be held without fans. Um, That seems like a major uh, roadblock, obviously, but, you know, I, I think that there could be room to bridge the gap uh, with uh, various forms of deferred payments uh, where, you know, players take lesser parts of their salaries this year but uh, are made whole or close to it um, in future years. Um, There could be other concessions made regarding, you know, things that are important to the players like service time accrual and free agency and, and stuff like that. So, 
I'm not ready to, to say that we're we're cooked here, but um, you know thing, things things uh, they, they need a breakthrough. Some some side needs to come out uh, with with something that uh, sparks a good faith um, you know productive negotiation. I I I read the sliding scale proposal. I can't believe that on a Zoom call there were 16 people that raised their hands and said that was an awesome idea. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. That's awesome. Let's present that. Huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, certainly some on the union side questioned the motives there if it was intended um, you know, not as a serious opening offer but more of a ploy to yeah. divide the union membership into the, you know, haves and have nots yes. and the rich players against the, you know, rookies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm not. I don't know their motivation. I wouldn't be surprised if that was, at the very least, sort of an ulterior motivation to it. Um, but it, at least, you know, publicly, it doesn't seem to be having the intended effect. The union claims, at least, to be as united as they've ever been um, in opposition to this. So we'll see if that plays out. Is there, in order to start the season? On or about July one, two, three, four. Is there a date that this has to be done by, in your opinion? Well, everybody has been focused on June first, which is Monday. I, I think that that's pretty clearly not going to happen. There's still too much to. We, we haven't even gotten into the health and safety issues, which are many and which are complex and which uh, have not been agreed to. So there is so much ground still to cover. I don't see any way June 1st happens. I don't think that's a hard deadline anyway. I think something by the end of next week, as opposed to the beginning, could actually still get you to spring training camps in mid-June, especially if things are looking good and um, you can start getting those camps off the ground now um, or, or, you know, preliminarily. Um, but, yeah, I think anything that goes beyond next week um, is going to result in spring training camps being pushed back, which are going to result yeah. in the regular season also being pushed back from the targeted date of right around July 4th. Because I know, let's take, for example, I was talking earlier in the show, Dave, about Clemson football and them getting back to, quote, voluntary workouts. But step one for them in getting back is actually a seven-day quarantine before they're allowed actually back in the building. Yeah. Is, is that one of the protocols they're talking about? That okay, you know, you got to quarantine first before we actually do this. Mm. That was not part of the okay. um, All right. the league's medical um, proposal. Uh, that's not to say the union couldn't insist on that in in the name of you know being extra cautious mm-hmm. and safe, uh, but that that's not something that they're considering right now. Interesting. So um, yeah, some players are already showing up at at um, facilities. Um, I saw the in, I saw the Rays did yesterday. I did yeah, see that. So yeah, so you know they're already starting to gather and um, you know participate informally. Um, and 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 that you know, the seven day quarantine is not part of the okay. plan. Okay. All right. Just want to make sure of that because everybody has a different protocol that they're working off of right now. I just heard that today, and I thought, okay, I wonder if that's what baseball has to do too. So it sounds like they don't. Uh, what kind of reputation has Tony Clark developed as a negotiator? Well, um, you know, uh, it, it, the, the the union, the players have had opportunities to you know uh vote him out they they've kept him in place they voted 
to extend him, things like that. So on the player side, at least, um, you know, he has uh, sway over a majority of the players or he, or he has in the past. Now, a lot of people will tell you he, he botched uh, the last CBA negotiation um, in 2016 um, and left the players with a, a, a bad deal. Uh, a lot of people will tell you that he um, uh, negotiated too hard for uh, creature comforts and, and quality of life issues like, you know, uh, suites in, in hotels on the road and, and extra room on buses and planes and stuff like that and, and took a step backwards in economics uh, to the player's detriment. Um, so, you know, there's a mixed uh, bag there. But I will also say that, you know, he has – um, seasoned lawyers and, and, and seasoned negotiators on the union team, so it's not a one-man show there. Um, and you know, it, it's not as if it's Tony Clark against all you know MLB's high-priced lawyers and negotiators. There, there's a team of of union negotiators that includes you know experienced labor lawyers. Who really is leading the uh, the owner side? Is it Rob Manfred, or is there somebody else that actually is taking the lead? Yeah, um, you know, it, Rob obviously makes uh, the ultimate calls. He he himself is an experienced labor negotiator. Yes, that was his he, job yes, he is. Yep. under Bud Selig before he got the commissioner's job. Um, but his his main negotiator and and you know the sort of his uh, heir um, to the labor uh, negotiating chief for MLB is Dan Halem, who um, you know uh, was was Manfred's apprentice for a long time another you know very qualified very smart um, guy so so they're they're well represented at the table absolutely the first negotiation that they had where they did reach an agreement how how much money have the players been you know what percentage have they been getting paid for not working for example so uh, in the March agreement, um, the players uh, agreed to a, a total of $170 million, um, in advances on 2020 salaries, and that money is theirs to keep whether or not there's a season. So, And the last payment for that is this weekend. Um, so it represents about 4% of their overall salaries for the year. Okay. So if there's no season at all, the players will have made about 4% of their salaries. Right. Um, but again, that, you know, that runs out this weekend. Yeah. In fact, uh, yeah, yeah. 4% because I believe the salary number in major league baseball is 4.5 billion. I think that's about I, right. Yeah. Somewhere between four and four and a half. Yeah. yeah somewhere in that, that neighborhood. Also, the Oakland A's say that as of this weekend, uh, once it passes, they will not pay their minor league players anymore. Has anybody else yeah. mentioned that? Uh, not yet, but I suspect it's coming. Um, you know, the, the there are a lot of players, uh, minor leaguers, being released uh, today as we speak by teams, uh, and that's partly a function of, you know, what it would have happened anyway. Yes. Um, uh, you know, coming out of spring training. Um, so there's players being released. Um, there's the A's saying they're not going to keep paying minor leaguers. Um, you know, it, the devastation on on not just the major leagues, not, not even just the industry of professional baseball, but the grassroots baseball going to the amateur levels, to the collegiate programs and yeah. high schools. I mean, this is going to be just devastating and take years to dig out of. 
Um, the minor leagues are just devastated right now. It looks like they are most likely not going to have any type of season uh, because, you know, those teams can't withstand the loss of, of gate revenue uh, because they don't have the TV contracts to sustain exactly them like MLB. So the devastation is, is pretty severe. Uh, I believe the week that the minors and majors negotiated, if I recall, you wrote a column about that. And I think you mentioned in that column that Aberdeen would be one, for example. You mentioned Aberdeen and some other New York Penn League teams yeah. would survive this cut. And I believe Bill Madden added in from the Daily News that, uh, you know, in his, that Brooklyn, Lowell, State College, Mahoning Valley were others in the New York Penn League that also might make it. Is there anything else you know about that besides that basic fact? Well, I mean, basically what you're looking at is is – if one of those short season teams, New York Penn League teams, has a new stadium, a you know fantastic facility, um, they, they're likely to make it because they will take the place of a Sally League franchise or you yeah. know whatever that, that is, is going to be contracted and disappear. Yeah. They'll be replaced by one of those teams with a great stadium. Um, and that's certainly the case in Aberdeen. I, yes. I, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure you're getting at State College, and I don't know the answer no, I know you about don't. that specifically. Oh, I, I know you don't. And, uh, and, and I mean, I'm sitting here, believe me, I just talked to the general manager Saturday, so I can't, okay, I, I can't uh, give you the answer either. But, yeah. but I know Aberdeen has a great facility. But when we talk facilities, it's not what the fancies. With the with the baseball people, when they talk facilities, they're talking about what's the cl- quality of the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Do you have yeah. a player's lounge? Do you have a player's kitchen? Do you have an indoor batting cage? Indoor pay- That's it's all the stuff the fans don't see is what the, what the majors are talking about. That that's true. Although you know newer facilities that say built in the last five to ten years. Uh, generally have those things yes. because oh they're all here league. oh they're yeah, all here yeah. they have it here so it's pretty much the same thing yeah i mean they they have all that here. i mean aberdeen's not a brand new facility uh right. it's what 15 16 years old but they have all that Something stuff like that. they yeah. have all that stuff Exactly, and that—that's what really matters to them. Uh, is this something that we'll find out more about that once this negotiation is done? In other words, no, let's not do two things at the same time. Yeah, I do think so. Um, yeah, obviously this is front and center, but they—you they, know—they have made progress on the minor league deal uh, during this this shutdown. There was. A back and forth. Uh, you you remember that maybe a month ago. Yes. Um, so so yeah, there there uh, there's productive stuff happening on that, but it's absolutely taking a backseat to to the the deal with the union. Dave, you and I both love baseball, uh, and you just talk about the grassroots part. You know, you know, I don't care whether it's little league, high school, you know, and then we get to the college baseball level, then the minor leagues. How concerned are you about? Uh, the, the losing some of the grassroots support moving forward 10 years from now based on what's happening right now with some of the decisions being made? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I'd say I'm concerned, although, you know, I, I mean, you have to you have to keep keep it in the context of, of every other sport, every other industry. I mean, every, everybody is being uh, disrupted right now, and, and, that, and it's going to last for a, a number of years. Yeah. Where baseball is different, though, is is in the development that's required to produce a big league player. Yeah. You know, I mean, with the minor league time, the collegiate programs, high school, you know, you don't just 
show up out of out of you know high school at 19 or you know first year of college at, at age 19 and, and go right into <laughs> the big leagues like you do in the NBA That's or whatever. Right. I mean, you 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 know it, it requires. Um, you know, a village, right? Uh, you know, and and that's where baseball is different, and that's where the problem I think could run in. You know, you're gonna you're gonna have a reduced draft this year of five rounds. A lot of players are gonna go undrafted. Are those are are, are players gonna decide to stay at college for an extra year? And is that gonna take up a spot in those collegiate programs from a high school kid who's coming up? And then what's gonna happen to that kid? And then you you extrapolate this backwards, and and you just see this log jam of great uh, talent that, that that's hungry to get to the big leagues that is not going to have a way anymore. That's where the problem is. Well put. It's always great talking with you, Dave. Always great information and insight as always. Thank you so much for your time. You got it. Thanks for having me. And as always, great to have Dave Shaheen on the show. And we will come back with more in a moment. Pat Fryermuth next half hour, brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right. Great to have you back with us on the show today. This is something we've talked about before. Uh, the um, But they, they take a look at um, the combination of football and basketball in a given year. And so uh, Rivals put this out, but it's something that other, other publications have. Uh, last four years, winning percentages in football, basketball combined. So Clemson's number one, tied with Ohio State. Alabama's three. Michigan's four. Kentucky's five. Wisconsin is six. Auburn, LSU, and Oklahoma are all tied for seventh. And tied for 10th in the best football-basketball combo winning percentage the last four years is Penn State. Now, is it interesting? Sure, that's interesting. But it's, um, you know, obviously people are going to you know jump in and talk, what about our volleyball percentage? What about, you know, our wrestling percentage? Um, the bottom line is what you know. This is something that's done every year, and they're taking the two primary sports that, based on ratings, money generated, things like that, you know, 
those are the two that generate money. I mean, I'm talking about like profit that generate profit. I mean, wrestling, for example, generates money here, but the money generated in wrestling is far out exceeded by the expenses, unfortunately. That's always been that that that's always been hard to explain to people. That that that's actually been a hard one to explain. Because when you go to Rec Hall and you see one sellout after another, what's your perception going to be? Your perception is going to be that they're raking in money. I don't blame you. That's I don't blame you for looking at it that way. Unfortunately, that doesn't match the reality. I mean, wrestling on average at Penn State, for example, loses between a half million and a million dollars a year. So that's why when they put together um, stories such as best combo winning percentage football, men's basketball, you know, they're taking the, quote, profit side sports, and those are the two that are. And that's why they put it. And this article comes out every year, by the way. By the way, the Sporting News put out its uh, bowl projection. And we're going to get Bill Bender here on the show pretty soon. Bill's one of the greatest guys on the planet. And uh, he's got Penn State in the Orange Bowl against North Carolina January 2nd. Again, it's a fun off-season thing. It is May 28th. (laughs) Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors. And Pat Firemuth, we'll hear from him next half hour. 